This is this is fine. 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 This is a poor substitute for therapy, but an excellent substitute for other podcasts. We're not like other podcasts. Join us as we find the answers to the universe's biggest questions like is butter a carb? Does crying burn calories? And what the fuck am I doing with my life? We're here to be your part-time therapist, astrologer, concierge doctor, and fairy godmother. Do you need someone to validate you today? Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Hey, kiddos. It's just me today. I'm excited to share a short little episode with you and steal away with you for a few moments of your day. We're going to do a check-in today. I'll share where I'm at, and I'm going to talk through some things that have been helping me, some advice, some musings I have based on experiences, and it'll be like we're having a talk, but I'm a really bad listener and I'm just yapping away. Or it'll be like we're having a talk. Maybe you're pausing this episode and talking right back to me. I don't know your life. This is a choose-your-adventure situation. Hopefully all of that's cool. If you're not in the mood for any of that, go back an episode or two and listen to someone else. If you are in the mood for that and you're feeling ready to slow down, take inventory, let's do this. You want to work some shit out together because I'm ready. Let's give it a shot. All right, so to start, like I do with all my guests, are you fine right now? Are you fine today? Are you fine in general? Maybe everything's not fine and you're doing what I do, hence the name of this entire podcast, and you're saying this is fine when it's very, very much not fine. Are you feeling like you're in a rut or maybe you're kind of stuck and aimless or you're having a tough time with your mental health? You could be stressed, overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, or just kind of lost. I think we all go through cycles that bring us to these points. I definitely do, and I'm sort of in the middle of one myself, which brings me back to the last time I felt this way about five years ago. I don't really talk about that experience too much on the show, not yet at least, but in early 2018, I was in a bad place, both physically and mentally, and I ended up taking a leave of absence from my job. I changed my location, unplugged from technology, and took everything off my plate to fully reset my brain, my nervous system, and my life. I started writing a book about it. I wrote half a manuscript in like a month. I am not exaggerating. I wrote that thing at a speed with which only now-retired luxury aircrafts could compete. And that is a very niche reference. Bonus points to anyone who knows what a Concorde is. <laughs> but anyway, after writing Like the Wind, I poured myself into a Google Doc. And then I stopped halfway through that book because although I knew I had good, important things to share, it just wasn't the right timing. I will eventually pick it back up when the time is right, both for me to share it and for the collective to receive it. But the reason I bring all this up is because the topic of the book is about resetting your life. Sometimes I feel like what I call stress inertia or a snowball effect of stress that can become like a runaway train. And the second the scales tip a little too far in the wrong direction, it feels like all hell breaks loose. And at that point, things can start to pile up at a rate you cannot control. Again, runaway train. It's just out of bounds. It's going. You can't keep up. This doesn't happen all the time, for me at least, but in certain periods of my life, I have experienced an overwhelm avalanche of sorts. In those instances, I cannot deep breathe, yoga flow, or diet my way out of it. No amount of nice long walks or magnesium supplements or weed gummies or baths can undo what I'm feeling. It's like it's all band-aiding over a wound that needs major stitches. 
the usual tools in the toolkit aren't enough. It would be like trying to cut down a giant oak tree with a steak knife. Don't do that. Also, can you tell I like metaphors? If you've ever felt that way, or you're currently feeling that way, congratulations. You're doing the human experience. You're doing it. Welcome to Earth School. (laughs) I'm not trying to make light of your pain and struggle, or am I? Um, Humor is my coping mechanism, as you know, but I think the experience is universal, despite the fact that it's not commonly discussed publicly, nor the easiest thing to open up about with peers. That's changing, fortunately, especially in recent years, but it's hard and scary and painful to admit that this kind of struggle is happening. It's hard to admit that that vulnerability is there. I don't know, being vulnerable is hard. We all know this, but sometimes it helps to just be reminded, come face to face with it again. As a recovering perfectionist, I personally hate admitting that I am not flawless, but someone's got to do it. And unfortunately, I think that someone is me. Hopefully, some things I talk about today will help you recalibrate whether you need an SOS life reset or you need to take some preventative measures to keep yourself from going off that cliff you see up ahead. So let's get into chilling the fuck out 101, regulating our nervous system. As a reminder, I am not a doctor or a therapist, just a coach and a human being who thinks a lot. Thinks a lot. My qualifications are PN1 coaching certification, a Virgo Mercury, and like five years of therapy. Speaking of which, you're getting a peek inside my brain right now, plus my very Virgo-esque approach to sorting through things. If you also have strong Virgo placements, you might know that this zodiac sign rules the nervous system. I like to say that our entire system is nervous, but there's a lot to be learned from that experience. I'm going to walk through these steps and this narrative from my first-person perspective because I know that these approaches won't work for every single person listening and it won't work for every unique set of circumstances. Please take what works for you, learn from my journey as much as you can and as much as you want to, and discard whatever doesn't feel right. Not everything is going to apply to you and I am sharing this in the hopes that maybe one thing will resonate and positively affect your life. Okay, cool? Cool. Reset and regulate. To start off, let's talk about step number one for me and question number one. How can I regulate my nervous system? This starts with some sub-questions for me. How much can I cancel and how much can I take off my plate and retreat? Do you ever wish there was a panic button or an emergency break for your life? (laughs) Because same. At a certain point, when too much has hit the fan in my life, I need to metaphorically swipe my arm across the desk, throwing all the contents onto the floor and say, fuck this shit. I personally love the idea of a hard reboot, the idea that you're like a computer who's running too many programs at once, you're overheated, you've lost all the function, it's frozen on the screen, and the only thing you can do is hold those reboot keys for like 10 seconds, pray to God, and shut shit down completely. I've done that a couple times with my life. I know it's not always feasible, and everyone's circumstances are different, but I think a lot is possible when we hit a certain point. Not necessarily like rock bottom, but a point that feels kind of like it, like we can't keep functioning in the way that we're functioning or we can't keep functioning at all. Our bodies usually give us clues far in advance, like check engine lights on your car, and we can easily ignore them. Speaking for myself, I also want to point out that nothing catastrophic, nothing catastrophically bad has to happen necessarily to get to this point. It could be a series of things that have added up somewhat pervasively over time, perhaps, Maybe it's stuff you've compartmentalized or packed away, stuff that didn't seem like that big of a deal until it was stored in your body as stress, until finally then something seemingly random was the straw that broke the camel's back and Gretchen Wieners had cracked. 
a doctor recently pointed this out to me. We only have the capacity to deal with so much before we overflow. And sometimes we don't always acknowledge that a stress event is a stress event. This doctor also reminded me that with each migraine attack I experience, that's a stress event. If you have a few of those a week, that's chronic and cumulative stress on top of everything else. Sometimes I think of this like if someone poked you in the arm once, it would be annoying, but you wouldn't think much of it. But if they kept poking that same area incessantly, that spot would become bruised and painful, and then each subsequent poke would be sensitive. It would hurt. If that metaphor is a little too weird for you, think of a drop of water and its capacity to wear a hole through a rock. Not with one drop, that's just a drop of water. But over time, that's erosion, baby. <laughs> or as the French say, la goutte qui fait déborder le vase. The drop that made the vase overflow. The English idiom, of course, is what I mentioned earlier, the straw that broke the camel's back. So back to our own erosion. How do we get out of this combination of circumstances that got us to this mental space? How do I do this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try. I always try to do some kind of hard reboot. For me, this means withdraw, cancel everything, eradicate every possible stressor, even the positive ones like fun plans. When it's all too much and so much is happening that I can't think or breathe, I feel like a clam without a shell. I retreat, I clear the decks, I do my reset tasks, and I go back to the drawing board to add things back in mindfully. If you're like, that's not possible, bitch, I implore you to explore further and dive deeper if you can. I like using this kind of dark concept. What if you were in a car accident and bound to a hospital bed? Who would do the fill-in-the-blank responsibility? Who would walk your dog? Who would finish that project? Who would send that email? Who would pay your rent? Would your landlord kick you out? Probably not. I know that, you know, everyone has these different circumstances, and I don't want to say this is a universal solve, but I like thinking of this example because we don't realize how much keeps going until we are in a situation like that. Usually, there are people who could step in, and I'm not saying that everyone has that luxury. Some of us are alone alone, but this will force you to get a little creative if you decide to reboot yourself. Again, Take what you can from this as much as is helpful. I remember Jen Sincero, Sincero, I actually don't know how to say her last name, the author of You Are a Badass. I remember her saying that none of us have time until we're forced to have the time. We have a flat tire, we lose the keys to our house, there's some kind of emergency, and then suddenly we have to stop and slow down. We have to have the time. What I've personally learned from this is to try to not let my life blow up or my body shut down or anything to get to that point in order to slow down and reset, but I'm not always the best at it. I then will say no to everything I possibly can in order to allow my brain to turn off and rest. So like I said, I will cancel plans, appointments, anything else that diverts my attention and takes my energy. I go dark online. I sometimes let people wonder if I've died or been abducted. I'm just resetting. Literally just disappear, fake your own death, pull a tailor, nobody's heard from me for months, move. That brings up another sub-question of this reset. Can I unplug? This is hard when you have a full-time job, and for me, I work for myself, and PTO does not exist. I always, always, always try to take time off work, even if it means I have a financial setback. I would rather experience the fallout of a financial setback versus putting myself through more mental and physical anguish. And if that's not possible, I retreat from social media and online activity outside what's bare minimum necessary to complete for work. The computer and the phone go away, and I unplug from the outside world to reconnect with myself. Cheesy, <laughs> but in a cute way, I hope. 
Social media detoxes and a week's vacation from the computer and phone have been some of the best things I've ever done for my mental and physical health ever. I will repeat that. Social media detoxing and a week's vacation from the phone and computer have been the best things I've ever done for my health. Let's now talk health basics. The second category, if you will, it directly ties into regulating the nervous system which, come to think of it, is a really broad term that doesn't scientifically or technically mean much in this context, but I have a feeling you understand me. We have an understanding, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> Perhaps we could call it chilling the fuck out so our bodies stop short-circuiting and we don't feel like we're dying and everything's a mess. Amazing. Cool. Despite being in the wellness industry for a decade, I am embarrassingly disconnected from how simple my own health management can be. Again, this isn't universal, so don't at me, but sometimes our challenges are stemming from neglecting the basics. It's so easy to preach that sleep is the foundation of wellness and then neglect my own or to not pay attention when my usually healthy sleep cycles have been disrupted. It's easy to say, oh, it's just one night or two when you're off your schedule, but those start to add up without you even realizing, without me even realizing, honestly. <laughs> Shocking revelation that I just discovered. Please prepare my Pulitzer. It's hard to practice what you preach. If you want to get that tattooed or something, let me know because I want some kind of copyright commission. I cannot believe no one has ever thought about this before. It's hard to practice what you preach. But seriously, it is. It's hard. These things are literally easier said than done. It gets away from even the most vigilant and regimented among us, myself included. I had a recent appointment with an integrative medicine doctor, and I felt so ridiculous during the intake process when she asked about my most basic habits. Nutrition, movement, and sleep are all things I am technically an expert in. And yet my baseline was not where it was supposed to be for even a basic sense of health and wellness. I had been looking outward toward potential solutions like supplements, biohacking tricks, saunas, treatments, all before thinking about tweaking my diet, moving more regularly, and getting my sleep back on a regular cycle. Hmm. This could be a dumb moment for some of you, and it's okay. You can think I'm dumb. Cast those stones at me, you sin-free humans. Rock on. For some of you, this might be the, oh my God, how did I not see it, light bulb moment. Stress especially compounded chronic stress, can make it virtually impossible to see what's being neglected in our basic routine. Don't beat yourself up. I'm trying not to beat myself up too. It's just part of life. Consider this your time to take inventory. Maybe you're right in the same boat as me. You know how to take care of yourself. You know how to eat well, exercise, sleep, and live an otherwise healthy life. But those things have been on autopilot or have taken the back seat. You didn't even realize they were off until you had to walk through your routine with a doctor or a coach. And then you were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, the last pillar of this little diary turned podcast episode is a bit of a wild card. And I'm just calling it identity and activities because when you have a diary, you don't usually structure it like this. Some sub questions. What non-work activities can I do? What is my identity outside of work? What do I enjoy? What can I do that's unplugged, disconnected from the online world to cultivate more presence? My dear friend, Zan, who you might remember from episode 18, reminded me, your hobby doesn't need to become your hustle. I love having a robust sense of identity and self that has nothing to do with my profession or my relationships. It gives me a sense of value and purpose that no one can take away from me. And it just, it feels good. I've been an evangelist for adult hobbies lately, as you probably know, I feel like we have so many extracurriculars as children. These things feed our spirit, build our dreams. They nourish us in ways that food and medicine and traditional education just can't. Having a diversity of activities, hobbies, and joy-filled activities is such a fundamental part of well-being, yet it falls by the wayside as we grow up. 
I especially love hobbies that are unplugged. Don't get me wrong, I actually love video games and I appreciate what our technology provides us in terms of hobbies and education, but there are certain things in the tactile, physical, quote-unquote, real world that just feel so good and grounding and peaceful. There's like a spiritual connection almost. Most of you know that my entire new personality is ballet now that I've begun my adult beginner class and I'm learning all the basics. I absolutely love putting on a leotard and ballet slippers and trying to contort my body, my adult body, into shapes it is completely unfamiliar with. I love prancing. I love the brain-body connection, the pastels, the classical piano, the softness with the strength. To me, that is truly intoxicating. I also love drinking a can, like C-A-N-N, putting on a funny show or a comedy special in the background, slipping into some pajamas and painting whatever comes to my brain on a nice little canvas. Have I ever painted before? No. Have I ever been a visual artist of any kind? Also no. Do I give a shit? Kind of, because I'm still in therapy. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'm not painting to be good at painting. I'm not pursuing a new career. I'm not trying to sell my shit on Etsy. I'm just doing it because it feels good. Isn't that a crazy concept? Remember doing things just for fun? Maybe you do, and you're like, this chick is a lunatic. Honestly, you're right. But maybe you've also just funneled into the American grown-up pipeline and you go to work and you exercise and you rinse and repeat and that's it. Find something that's for you with no goal of being good at it. In fact, try something you know you'll be bad at. This is an excellent way to reset your brain and get areas of your brain that were dormant to fire up again. You could find a new passion that gives you a new or renewed sense of purpose. You could tune into your identity more. Maybe you're a really creative person who hasn't had the opportunity to be creative for a while. Maybe you're compassionate and an empathetic person who doesn't get to practice that in the workspace or at home often enough. Or maybe you're competitive and driven or playful and funny or all of these things and you just need an outlet to celebrate and experience it all. This kind of took a turn and I hope you're still with me. I am reminding myself of all of these things. So I'm reminding you too. Remember, this isn't linear. Healing isn't linear. You'll get through this phase and you'll end up at another clusterfuck of a season for whatever reason down the line. I have realized that I start feeling this way usually when I'm ready to grow and evolve in a major way. Something big is in the pipeline. A big, important change sometimes comes with painful transitions. I love this quote from Lala Delia, so I'm going to tie it up with her words before I leave you for the day. Grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure. Olives are pressed to release oil. Seeds grow in darkness. Whenever you feel crushed, under pressure, pressed, or in darkness, you're in a powerful place of transformation and transmutation. I have some big changes coming up in my life, and I'm definitely in the crushed, pressed, under pressure darkness currently, but I'm still trying to sparkle through it all. If you're there too, I am right there with you, my siblings in Christ. I truly love all of you so much. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you, and I can't wait to see what this next chapter holds for all of us. I'll see you here next week, my loves. A bientôt. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This Is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy Award-winning sound designer, Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com. <laughs>